It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number three of Green and Growing. Good morning. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. Where have you been? We've been here since 6 o'clock. So I got to tell you, if you get to sleep late on Saturday, God bless you. You deserve it. But if you missed any parts of the show, you are welcome to go on WSBradio.com in just maybe a couple of hours, click on On Demand and go to more podcasts and look for Green and Growing. And there we post every hour of the show, every Saturday, uh, independently of one another. So hour one, hour two, hour three. So if you were with me at six o'clock, you heard a little teaser, a little a little tidbit, a two-minute piece um, of my interview with a 15-year-old from Smyrna, Georgia, who is a plant enthusiast. I mean, that's the best title I can think of, but I think that's appropriate. And you wanted to hear more. That two-minute piece got you going. It made you smile. It started off your morning right. So I'm going to start your morning off right right away here in the 8 o'clock hour. I love traveling out. And, I, and I'm hoping to do more once this COVID thing gets under control. Traveling out and meeting really fascinating people um, who are doing inspiring things, teaching me things that I can then bring to you in kind of a, a fashionable and entertaining way. And I feel that's what I've done with my interview with Ryan Tedeschi from Smyrna. Now, I did work with Ryan's dad, Pat. Good morning, Pat. Hey, um, Pat was a former colleague of mine and friend here at the station. But I think I would have met Ryan anyways. Um, so we met at a Pike Nurse. So you'll, you'll hear all about that. But just uh, have your pen and paper ready, man. You're, you're getting ready to learn a lot from a 15-year-old who taught me more about plants and house plants in a 30-minute conversation than I've learned from anyone yet in doing this show for about uh, 10 or 11 months. So without further ado... Here's my conversation with Ryan. I am with Ryan Tedeschi. Ryan, how old are you? 15. And how did we meet? Uh, we met at Pikes at a live radio show. Favorite Pike location? Uh, probably the one in Buckhead. The reason that you and I have met, and I'm over at your house, you've got an east-facing window, a very large east-facing window, which is perfect. That's where you've got all of your hanging baskets hanging from Hoya, orchids, House plants as we know them, philodendron, monstera, things like that. There's a ZZ plant, which I which I really like. And then you look to the left. Oh, cute. It's a fish tank, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, there's a few little fish. And who was the lobster guy, the shrimp guy? I actually have a little tiny cherry shrimp in there. I used to have more, but they've eventually died out because old age and they're shrimp. <laughs> and I'm in your bedroom and I'm looking at all these amazing plants, like a study, like a lab almost in here, the way that you've been able to pot things and grow things and experiment with different plants. But I want to go backwards in time. When did your interest in all of these different plants start? It started when I was in sixth grade in 2017 when I got my first ever plant, a lucky bamboo, and just kind of stemmed from there into more and more plants eventually. Now, what was the significance of the lucky bamboo or who was it from? So I just bought a lucky bamboo because I like the look and I'm like, hey, I love how happy plants make me and I'm like, why not get more? So you definitely have an affinity and after almost four years of doing this, you've, you've got the science of it down. So we won't get too muddled in that. But first of all, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the science of all the plants and everything you're able to do in here comes down to good soil composition. Would you agree? Yes, very much. Most of my plants mostly require high draining soil. So you have to kind of figure out mixes and different stuff to put in your soils to make sure it's pure enough so it won't compact and it won't retain too much moisture and the plant won't rot. 
and you get to know each plant and what it likes. Um, and you showed me kind of a Rubbermaid bin you've got here under the bed of a soil that you composed all on your own. Tell me what the ingredients were to that. So I mix coconut fiber with perlite, pumice, and orchid bark, charcoal, um, and different types of fertilizers. What is that particular soil best for out of all the plants you've got? I use it for mostly Hoyas and types of aeroids like philodendrons, anthuriums, monsteras, etc. If you had to pick a favorite, I know that's hard, what would it be? Probably my philodendron 69686. This takes time and it does take money. It is not cheap. This passion just lends itself to all of these costs as you're discovering all of these new things. What's the most you've paid for a plant? I'm holding my breath. $125. (laughs) Tell me what's so special about that one. It's cool, but it's not talking to me. It's not walking the dog. What does it do? It's a very different type of philodendron. This is my philodendron 69686. And eventually, once it gets big enough, it will produce these huge, huge leaves with like... It's also called a philodendron big ears, so it'll get really big ears on the plant and also get a really thick lobe of it. And they're just very cool if you see them in a mature form. When we originally started talking, talked about your love for orchids and your interest in orchids and how many different kinds that you're trying to experiment with, what would you say to someone who they're never able to keep it alive? Are we overthinking that? Is it really a lot easier to take care of? Orchids are one of the easiest plants ever. The biggest tip is just forget about it. Do not water it. Like water it when you remember, like maybe every two weeks. You don't need to water them all that often. You were spouting off to me as we were talking all these different names of orchids, and you showed me a plant, which which is this one? Uh, This is a type of black jewel orchid. It's a plant with like mostly black leaves and kind of pinkish white veining that sparkles in highlight. But Ryan, that doesn't look like what I know is an orchid, but what did you tell me about the orchid family? Orchid is one of the biggest types of families where you can have epiphytic orchids or orchids that grow in trees orchids that can grow in rocks, parasitic orchids that take life from another plant, or terrestrial orchids, orchids that just grow in the ground in normal soil. Go ahead and spout off to me maybe six of the varieties of orchids you've got. Coconut orchid, which is called Maxillaria tenuifolia. Those will have little blooms come out from the base, and they'll have coconut-scented blooms, and they're supposed to scent up your whole room. Cattleya orchids are pretty easy type of orchid to take care of, pretty common. Dendrobium orchids are also a very easy type of orchid. Same care as like Cattleya's and Philanopsis. Just water them. And there's so, 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 so many different varieties of Dendrobium orchids. And some are friggin', some are not. Uh, now what's the Phila, Phila which one? Philanopsis orchids. So uh, that's the only word that I've heard of that you've used so far. So Philanopsis orchids are literally the orchids that you'll find everywhere. They're also called moth orchids. These are the ones that people tend to struggle the most with just because they tend to see them, think they're tropical, so you have to keep watering them, but just leave them alone. That's all you really have to do. The kind of soil that they like, when we were talking about the soil composition, what's most key? The bark, would you say, or the drying agent to keep it from holding too much moisture? What's most important? A lot of factors kind of go into that, like what type of pot you have like the normal plastic pot that you get you should probably just repot it in a terracotta pot that's like meant for orchids where it has many drainage holes because terracotta also takes out moisture that's my biggest recommendation but you can also get ceramic ones that are airy but also for 
soil you can have mostly bark bark is the main thing that they like but you can also add stuff like charcoal that helps purify soil give me four maybe five supplies in this room that are a must-have for you to do your work Terracotta pots obviously being the best type of pot for me because my plants like to not have too much moisture in the soil. Uh, moisture meters are very helpful for beginners to know how wet your soil is and when to water it. If you have a state, uh, plant that likes to vine, plant velcro is very useful because you can just cut it to whatever length you want and it's very good to keep your plant up. Um, and also it's not permanent so you can just take it off. Sphagnum moss is very useful for taking cuttings and if you want to wrap it around your stakes. But it, personally, I think it's best for cuttings just because I have the least amount of rot with them. Spray bottles are pretty useful if you have stakes because if you want to wet them, it's really good for aerial roots. Also, for me, I have lots of terrariums. Very useful for watering those, especially the ones that can change um, type of spray it is if you want to get more specific areas or just want to do a general area that are very useful ryan i can guarantee you a place like pike nursery or some specialty store would love to see someone of your caliber and your age and your knowledge what kind of job would you enjoy i mean have you earned a first paycheck yet no i have not but i have gotten money in other ways like babysitting and pet sitting like stuff like that for now i would really like to start a mini terrarium shop or something like small like just to get money from that but maybe in the future i would love to live in south florida and kind of produce plants that way maybe have my own greenhouse and produce plants like that but we'll see when the time comes so when you're ready to earn that first paycheck if it's around plants what about that makes you happy it's just something um, like making money off of something that I love doing. So you're never really working when you're doing that. I can talk hours about what I like doing. <laughs> and one of my biggest questions with the cool collection of things that you have was how much of it is you go into a nursery and you buy the plant versus how much of it is mail order or you're able to you know, go online. What success do you have with both of those avenues of buying plants? So normally when you're in person, you can't get nearly as many rare plants. But online, you can get tons of different options for buying rare plants. But the only problem with online, your package could get lost in shipping or it could just not end up alive. Like say, for example, it's winter right now, so I wouldn't normally order plants right now. Yeah, with nurseries, you have obviously don't have to deal with shipping or your package getting lost. So nurseries are pretty fun to go to, just normally just look around, stuff like that. How many times when you go to the nursery, do you know exactly what you're going for versus you come home having bought one or two things you weren't expecting to buy? <laughs> it's, a bit of, it's a mix of both. Say, for example, I'll ask a plant store, post a plant that I wanted to like, oh, and just get that. But sometimes, like when I went on a rare plant sale that a plant store was doing, I didn't know what I was going in for. And I ended up spending quite a bit of money. And I bought like two of my favorite plants there. The thing about all of this that you're happiest to share with other people, what is it? So what I'll do for a lot of people's birthdays is I'll take cuttings for plants and I'll take them like maybe a month or two prior to their birthday so the plants can be fully rooted. By the time I gave it to them, I always just find joy telling them about it and how to take care of it. And I love how happy plants make me.
still hovering around 36, 37 degrees on Peachtree Street. Your weather update for the weekend brought to you by Finley Roofing. WSB meteorologist Kirk Mellish calling for uh, decreasing clouds as the day goes on. So that's going to be a nice, mostly sunny day today. High around 43, low around 27. Get those plants covered. Be prepared. Tomorrow, high of around 52, low around 33. And then a chance for some scattered showers moves back in on Monday. So did you have fun listening to that? Did I not tell you that was going to make you smile? So uh, I don't know if you got all that. That was a lot of good information from Ryan Tedeschi. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of that on the Facebook page throughout the weekend. Green and Growing WSB is what you need to search on Facebook. Green and Growing WSB. Um, I've got so many pictures of his plants just here on my phone, and that's not doing anybody any good. So I'm going to create a photo album with some of those. Um, I mean, he talked about black jewel orchid and coconut orchid and uh, cattleya orchid. I mean, some things that you Hoyas, which you may not know what they look like. So I'm going to try to help you out there. Post that. Uh, His must-haves, plus what his recipe, with Ryan's permission, his recipe for soil, uh, what those ingredients were for just a good standard soil that you can create yourself that he's had great success and his plants are thriving in that soil. So I'm going to post all of that and the photos on Green and Growing WSB on the Facebook page later on this weekend. For the rest of us, you got things you needed to do this weekend. Here you go. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Something that's good to do, maybe with a rain chance on Monday, get out there and go ahead and put fertilizer out on maybe pansies, other winter annuals, water-soluble plant food. Uh, Water's in every time you water the plants or it's going to be rained in on Monday. You know what's starting to open that I'm really excited about, too? My hellebores, my Lenten rose. I can see the, the buds on those, and they're gorgeous, and I'm really looking forward to that nice soft color uh, for the winter months when everything else is kind of just green or gray or, or brown. Um, and also apply liquid root stimulator to newly transplanted trees and shrubs. I think we talked to someone who was uh, transplanting blueberry bushes or planting them now for the first time. That's just fine. What root stimulator is going to do, strengthen up that plant, that tree or that shrub to get healthy roots. That's the base of the plant. So we want to focus on root growth and all that in these months before it starts using the stress and the energy to put on the leaves and everything like that. Uh, Number two, pruning grapevines. Pruning should occur late in the dormant season and before bud break. So the dormant season here in Georgia spans from November to about April, early April. Postpone pruning until colder temperatures are less of a threat just to allow for cold injury assessment and to adjust for bud number retention. So you want to... Uh, Finish all of the pruning before bud break. That way you're not going to lose any. And number three, protecting plants from the freeze. As we talked about, gathering some of those pots all together on the back deck or the patio or on your balcony. Um, And frost cloth. If you already have that, you bought it at the nursery, have it cut and set aside. That's going to be really good to pull across the plants, you know, to be tender. And something about frost cloth, it can be left in place for several weeks. Um, And it is going to be cold throughout the week. The lows, I'm looking all the way through Wednesday, the lows are in the low 30s. So that can be left out in place for several weeks without the risk of damage. But that is not the case for plastic coverings, cardboard boxes, those kind of things. Those have to be removed uh, every day. So we got another couple of minutes here. I want to push you to wsbradio.com and the on-demand portion. Go to more podcasts. If there's any portion of the show that you missed, I just feel like there was a lot in the show. And I've shared a lot of the links as well on the Facebook page, some of the links and websites that we've talked about. Um, But listen at your leisure throughout the weekend to each hour independently of the show. I appreciate that. 
And uh, follow me on Twitter at Ashley Frasca WSB, not only for show updates and kind of what's going on with the show and who's going to be on the show, but also for traffic stuff. Oh, my goodness. What a what a long week it was in general. But traffic wise, it was a it was a hot mess. It was a dumpster fire. Um, so you definitely want to know before you go. So you download the Triple Team Traffic Alerts app on your phone. Follow us on Twitter for all of those updates and we'll get you around safely. And we want you to be safe because it's it can be kind of treacherous driving around this time of year. So coming up in the next few months, I'm going to have more celebrity gardeners that I'm really excited to share with you. Talking to Georgia Power, too. That's something we did with, with great success about this time last year. So having Georgia Power back on to talk about winter preparedness, how to prepare for the storms. And it's not too soon to be thinking about tornado season that I think in Georgia begins around March or April. So thinking ahead to how you can be preparing your surroundings for that. And Dan Cathy. So Dan Cathy of Chick-fil-A. He is my next celebrity gardener. So I'm excited about next Saturday's show as well. And I want you to be a part of it. 404-872-0750. Coming up in less than 10 minutes, we're going to be talking with Pike Nursery about a shrub you've got to get your hands on. It's ready to start blooming. It's gorgeous. A nice addition to the landscape. Stay tuned for that to Green and Growing right here on WSB. There'll be a time I hear tell When all will be well Oh yeah, the grass is green I'm gonna live where the green grass grows The grass is always greener on the other side Caterpillar to a butterfly It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good morning. Welcome to the last half hour of Green and Growing. I've had a fun Saturday morning. I hope you have too if you're just joining us. You missed a lot, but not to fret. You can listen back on WSBradio.com later on today or uh, Google Play or Spotify even. Listen to the show. Um, if you're going to go on WSBradio.com, though, wait about an hour or so after the show ends so we can upload each hour of the show and you can listen again. And this is the time of uh, time of the morning where Pike Nursery always joins us to share what's hot, what's happening, and what you need to add to your landscape. But before we talk to them about an outdoor shrub that is really going to just add so much value to your yard, um, houseplants for the new year. I think maybe you've heard the commercial running and we just had that great conversation with 15-year-old Ryan Tedeschi. But you put away the holiday decor Things are bare. It's a little sad when you when you take the Christmas tree down and take all the the Christmas plants or the Christmas decorations down. So why not add house plants? You know they reduce stress, they improve your concentration, and purify the air. Um, some of them really have more redeeming qualities than others in that regard. So it's a good weekend to go to Pike Nursery and check out their house plants. As if Ryan didn't inspire you enough, you want to check out some of the fun plants that he was talking about, including hoyas and philodendron and monstera and all of that. But uh, nevertheless, in addition to the large selection of houseplants, and they're categorized too at Pike Nursery, medium light, low light, high light, so you kind of know what area you're looking to put them in. But they have so much other stuff too. So Charles Lampkin is here with me, manager of the Marietta store, the one off Roswell Road. Good morning. Morning, Ashley. How are you? I am great. Happy New Year to you. Well, thank you. Happy New Year to you too. 
I'm glad to have you on today. So yeah, I promoted houseplants just because coming out of that interview with a 15-year-old plant enthusiast was so incredible. But we are here today to talk about Edgeworthia because we want stuff that's going to be blooming here soon, right? We're ready to add some color to the landscape, some flowers to the landscape. So I think Edgeworthia is a very timely shrub. I'm glad to hear you talk about it today. And, and I'm so glad to talk about this plant. It's actually one of my favorites. Um, paper and, and bush, you're right. too. It's, yeah, commonly called paper bush. Uh, Edgeworthia chrysantha is the botanical. Uh, but right now, uh, in your landscape, all of your Edgeworthia should be budded up with uh, really nice silvery buds. And probably here in the next three to four weeks, uh, around the beginning of February, middle of February, those buds will uh, slowly start opening up turn into a creamy kind of white yellow color with one of the most uh, uh, thought after and prized fragrances, mm-hmm. I, I think, in landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a tea olive, which I'm thrilled with the, the scent of that. And it's right by the front door, but I don't think it's nearly as fragrant as a uh, paper bush is. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. It, it really is. And and now's the time to to find it because it's a very it's it's not the easiest plant in the world to find and uh, availability is is very short lived generally uh, February through through March maybe in April if we have some stragglers left over but now's the time to to get it and plant it as well. And it's so unique, Charles. It's a good addition to the landscape because I guarantee you in the next month or so I'm going to get questions. I I have a photo album on the Facebook page, Highway Horticulture. You know where I try to anticipate what people are seeing out on the highways and try to identify it for them, tell them what it is and, and how to maintain it. But uh, Edgeworthy, a paper bush, is going to be one of those things that I know someone's going to submit a picture and say, look at this. It's got blooms and flowers on the stems and there's no leaves. What in the world kind of bush is this? And that's really a cool quality of it. It looks so neat. There's there's no other plant really like it, Mm-mm. especially when it's in bloom. Now, when it when it does finally leaf out, it still has interest. The leaves are they're alternate leaves, or they're, they're narrow oval shaped leaves with a nice um, silver uh, backing, um, and it could it, it could get mistaken maybe with a rhododendron when yeah. it's fully leafed out. But um, for those of for those of which you do know this plant, it, it's it's one of a kind. So how big is this going to grow, you know, when we're thinking about we're, we're going to visit Pike Nursery, pick up one, two, three, however many, and we're considering that spot in our landscape where it's going to go. How big are we going to plan for that to get, and where do we need to plant it? Yeah, they're very deceiving at first. It's like individual individual branches coming out of the pot, but the plant can uh, easily um, reach four feet tall and wide and, and larger with age. Um, so it can it's it can stand alone. It can be a focal plant. Um, it could be a backdrop. And uh, the area where you want to consider planting it would be uh, morning sun at, at most, um, protection from that hot afternoon sun, especially in our summertime. So anywhere where you would plant um, your your rhododendrons, your ferns, um, um, any any of your shade any of your shade garden plants, this would make an excellent excellent specimen piece in there. I love that it doesn't need a whole lot of sun. So, yeah, maybe it's like a, under a tree canopy or something, which is exactly where my rhododendrons are, are thrilled, kind of, you know, underneath pines, underneath oaks, underneath some dogwoods even. Um, so Edgeworthy, a paper bush, going to gonna grow there as well. And why not put it by the front door? You know, as long as you're not a 
east or southeast facing home that gets all that sun but right near the front door that way when people walk up they smell it and they're you know wondering where that's coming from what a what a nice fragrance to walk up to uh, it'd be it'd be fine by the front door it'd be it'd be great in a container too um yeah and have it by your interest you're right you know Let's why that smell right away yo yeah for sure now why is it called paper bush that's just a random question do you know is it because um, of the way I'm the not flowers go look? into into great detail on this because I don't want to mislead anybody but there is a different um there is a different cultivar or actually different species of paper bush um that its bark has been used for thousands of years hmm. uh over in the orient to to make paper uh the variety that we have isn't isn't that particular variety but um, there is, there is like the original variety we'll call it. Um, so for the one or two folks that were like, I'm going to buy that push and make paper. This is not, <laughs> this is not, not the one. Not this one, <laughs> not this one. And then I, I don't want to lead anyone on a wild, uh, wild hair chase, but, uh, the variety we sell the Edgeworthia Chrysantha, there is a, uh, there is another variety Edgeworthia Chrysantha Acabono. Oh. That is a, a red orange flowering one. Oh, cool. That is, is Next to impossible. Nothing is impossible to find, but next to impossible to find. Yeah, I've not even seen that one. Oh, I can't wait to post this picture on, on the Highway Horticulture uh, Facebook photo album because I know a lot of folks are going to be asking about it. So great for winter color when you're not looking at much else. And like Charles, I was just mentioning before you came on, my hellebores, my Lenten rose. I mean, that's one of those, too, if you really just get down in the dumps and the winter blues. You know, I mean, this and, and hellebores, you've got pansies, some color to look at, some flowers to look at when nothing else has flowers. That's that's right. Yeah. That's, that's definitely right. All right. So where can folks find your Pike Nursery location in Marietta? We're right off of Roswell Road, off of the 120 loop. Um, and we're we're fully stocked and ready to go. So folks need to do that. And also a reminder, too, when you picked up your Christmas tree from Pike Nursery back in November, December, You've taken it down. I hope you did not throw the tree stand out with it because why, Charles? What do they need to do with well, it? Well, you can you can bring that stand back and hopefully you kept the bucket as well. And we'll give you a, a store rebate for the price that you paid for the stand. That's valid all the way, I believe, through March um, to 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 use here at any one of our locations. Yep. So bring it back this month. Bring back the tree stand this month for an in-store credit that you can use anytime now, maybe, you know, to go towards some soil or some mulch or something like that. Or even we talked about seed starting. My goodness, Pike's got the seed starting trays and the soil and everything you need, the seeds that if you're starting to think about maybe doing that at the end of January, early February, thinking ahead to your vegetable garden, that money can go a long ways. Well, Charles Lampkin, thank you so much for being part of the show. And uh, for someone who's not near Marietta, how can they find other Pike Nursery locations? Uh, go onto our website and you'll be able to find all of our, all of our uh, Pike locations here. Uh, give one of us a call too. make sure um, we have that special uh, plant or, or item you're looking for. We'll pull it for you, bring it up to the front, and come on in on this chilly day, and we won't keep you here too long unless you do <laughs> want to walk around and in, look. But. In and out of the cold. And, hey, we appreciate all of you guys, too. I mean, an employee-owned company, you guys work, of course, in the greenhouse, but in the cold, on the rainy days. Like, thank you all for being there, too, because I know it, a day like today isn't necessarily pleasant. But you get some good customers rolling in and out of there, and it will hopefully go by quickly. Oh, oh, it will, it will, and we'll we'll start we'll start opening our doors here soon. And uh, trust me, we'll have we'll have a great day. Love it. Well, thanks, Charles. Take it easy, and I can't wait to talk to you again.
Thank you, Ashley. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, pikenursery.com for any more info on that Edgeworthy, a paper bush. My gosh, I, I'm really looking forward to the blooms on that. That's going to be so much fun. 404-872-0750 is the number. Is this Wanda in Sugar Hill? Yes, it is. Good How morning. are you, Ashley? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Well, how can I help today? I have a Bradford pear. Um, it's been in the. I, I planted that tree in '98. Oh wow! So um, it's grown out beautifully. It's been trimmed regularly, but my concern now is the roots are growing out so far they're into the concrete now, and they're starting to crack my concrete um, driveway. And on the other side. Um, there's like the water meter next to it, so I, I would imagine that it's some pipes there too. And I'm just concerned if I should um, cut it down. I don't want to cut it down. It provides a lot of shade. It's a beautiful tree. But if it's a problem, I guess I'll have to deal with it. You know, I kind of think so. And, and there's not a lot of people who are huge fans of Bradford pears, so I can kind of hear those people, cut it down, cut it down, because they're just so... Ah, they're smelly to some people. They lose a lot of branches and limbs. And you having it that close to a sidewalk or a driveway where people are coming and going, you know, I worry about it dropping limbs and just kind of being messy for you too. But yeah, with the water meter close by and it's starting to buckle the concrete, it's only going to get worse. So I think getting at it early, getting that removed, you know, before the concrete becomes a big repair, because we know that can be even more costly than the, the cost of taking the tree down. Um, so I would. I mean, Bradford pears are good for some things. Certainly, they really are. But maybe if you wanted to do another one um, somewhere where there's a little more room, even, you know, lining driveways and things, that's where I, I think they look their best is when they're kind of not a privacy hedge, so to speak, but just a very uniformed look on the edge of a property line or something like that. But um, I want folks to weigh in, too, for you, Wanda. If you, you said you like the shade that it provides, right? Yes, I do. That's my concern. The shade will be gone once that tree is taken down. Yeah, I mean, we think about, you know, the energy efficiency that comes along with some of these trees near near our homes and really how much that helps our power bill. It's not something you think about when you plant a tree initially, but over time you grow to appreciate what that provides. So anybody that wants to hit me up on the uh, Green and Growing WSB Facebook page right now in the next couple of minutes before I go off the air, you've got some suggestions for Wanda in Sugar Hill of maybe what to replace that Bradford pear with. I would love your suggestions of something that's going to grow, you know, nicely that that close to the house and, and the driveways and all, but still provide some shade and some interest and stuff. So Wanda, give me give me another 10 minutes or so, and I'll shout out some recommendations as they come in for maybe a good replacement tree for you. Thank you so yeah. much, Ashley. I really appreciate that. Sorry to, to add to your to-do list, but I, I would take it down. I mean, it, at this point, it's just not providing great benefit. But hey, I mean, look at it this way. You know, it provided, what, over 20 years of of a good friend for you. So that was that was better than not. You're correct. Well, <laughs> Ashley, and I, we always have to say goodbye to things. So I guess it's time to say goodbye to my tree. But then you get to say hello to something new and fun and fresh and young and maybe a little more colorful. And Now, do you smell the Bradford pear or no? Some people are just like genetically predisposed to smelling those. I don't. I literally have never smelled a Bradford pear. But I mean, people know when they do. Is that one that you can smell? Not one that I've really had to smell. I can tell when it's blooming, yeah. but um, that that's about it. Isn't that funny? All right. Well, I love it. Well, keep up with me and let me know. And then uh, if you you know keep listening up until Dave Baker comes on the air, I'll shout out some replacement trees for you. 
Thank you, Ashley. And All you right. have a blessed day and a happy new year. You too. Thanks so much, Wanda. We made it. We made it uh, nine days into this new year. And so far, we're rocking and rolling. We're having a really good time here on Green and Growing. And I look forward to uh, still being with you every single Saturday this year, sharing new adventures, sharing new information. Some of you so supportive and so encouraging to me, um, just because I, I'm not quite through the end of a full year of this show yet. And it's really been a delight and an honor and a, and a pleasure to take the show over from Walter Reeves and still have him as part of the show. If you don't get up early, uh, Walter Wonders is on at 630 every Saturday morning where he and I conversate. We have a conversation about anything that's uh, trendy or something that you need to know that's going on right now. If he's noticed any you know, diseases or blights or something like that, or we just talk about what to be doing right now, what to be on the lookout for. So that's at 630 every Saturday morning. So appreciate you being here. Just have another few minutes left to go. But we're going to take a break and check traffic and weather and get you around the city. We'll be back to Green and Growing on WSB. Just a few minutes left to go in the show. I've really had a good time. Y'all have... Y'all have made me very happy. Um, last Saturday, I had a good time. This Saturday, I don't know why. It was just particularly fun. So thanks for everybody who was a part of the show. Wanda, I got you, girl. I told you. People would reach out and come up with really good suggestions. So John tweeted at me, I would consider a silver maple. It's fast growing to replace the Bradford pear or crepe myrtle. So yes, that too. The roots aren't really as um, intrusive you know, with a crepe myrtle, and that's still going to add some color, add some shade and all of that. Clint, he tweeted at me as well, Bradford Pear, 25 years, a waste of time. So he said maybe a single stem crepe myrtle. So we're, we're two for two on the crepe myrtle suggestions. And then Matthew, he sent me a message on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page, said, you know, I'd replace the Bradford Pear with a blood good Japanese maple. That's an awesome suggestion, Matthew. I love that. So thank you guys. Um, Terrell, what did Terrell say? Oh, no, he's asking about something else. Um, Terrell, I'll answer your question later. That's that's a good question. Um, so anyways, yeah, thank you guys for giving Wanda some good suggestions there. Uh, I love a rising sun red bud, but I just don't think it's going to get as large as the size that you're used to with the Bradford pear. So um, I don't know. That's always my go-to. But maples, maples are always a good um, consideration as well. Well, it's been a fun show, and I'm looking forward to next week's already. Like, I'm literally sitting here in the commercial breaks writing out my little show sheet for next um, Saturday. Dan Cathy of Chick-fil-A will be my celebrity gardener. He's a gardener. Hey, I get one every now and then out of uh, every three or four celebrity gardeners I talk to. Some are gardeners. So I am super excited. I have a lot that I want to ask Dan and talk to Dan about. Not to mention I was in a Chick-fil-A drive through yesterday and just awesome, awesome experience. Um, and I have a little game to play with him as well. And also, I've reached out to the American Beverage Association, and you figure, how does that have anything to do with gardening? Well, they have an announcement that they're making at the end of the week, and you're going to hear it next Saturday on Green and Growing. So it's going to kind of be a breaking news exclusive type thing. Um, but the big companies, Coca-Cola Company here in Atlanta, PepsiCo, and Keurig Dr. Pepper are kind of the big players in the beverage industry, right, for soft drinks. And they all get together with a green initiative on recycling 
and, you know, taking care of all the plastic bottles and the waste and all of that. So that's kind of where my mind was at when I reached out to them and wanted to interview them. But they said, no, we're going to use your show to make a, an announcement on a new initiative as well. And so they haven't even given me the details. That's how secretive it is. So you're going to find out along with me next Saturday. So I hope you stay here in the same place, same time, 6 to 9 every Saturday morning. We are live, and I love taking your phone calls as well. So now if you call 404 750 you're stuck with Dave. I'm sorry. you got to talk to Dave Baker in the Home Fix-It show. He is on until noon, and then Belinda Skelton in Atlanta living. That comes up at 1 o'clock. But it's been a lot of fun. I hope to hear from you throughout the week. Take care. Be safe. Love one another. Get off social media. If it's making you angry, it's not worth it. If it's raising your blood pressure, it's not worth it. Get on my Facebook page and look at some nice garden stuff. Um, I'm going to have a photo album of Ryan Tedeschi's uh, houseplant collection. And that's going to make you happy, and you're going to learn a little something, too. So check out Green and Growing WSB on Facebook. I'm going to get out of here, carry on with my Saturday afternoon. I hope you do, too. I'll talk to you soon. Monday morning, we'll be back with Triple Team Traffic on Atlanta's Morning News right here on 95.5 WSB. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.